0: hello and welcome back to another edition a special edition of the dog and duck show our washington huskies are 13 and 0 they are the infinite Pac 12 champions and this is the dog and duck show but my duck co-host could not make it tonight he's dealing with a little illness and so in his place is my dog friend Really, the the man who made this whole thing happen, J.J. Vansel, J.J., how are you doing, my friend? Never
1: been better, Warren. Never been better.
0: Can you believe the weekend we just had? Well, you said it right there, the word believe. Nobody believed, but we believed. Last week on the show, we both picked the dogs to win. All the prognosticators... They had the Ducks by nine points, 9.5 points. People were saying they're going to stop these dogs. It's all a mirage. But the dogs didn't just squeak out a win. The dogs won this game with dominance. And so what a display by Kalen DeBoer and this Washington Husky team. What? When did you start to feel as you watched this game, this is it. This is going to happen.
1: So first half, obviously the game you know was was way more uncomfortable than we would have wanted it down the stretch, but I think we were all the last several weeks, Warren. We're looking at this Husky team and we're going, gosh, guys, where are you? Where are you? We know you have this. This uh, we are not seeing your full potential, um, and and we knew it was there we believed it was there but game after game after game culminating in the apple cup we're just going where did this team go what happened and and, and thoughts of honestly thoughts of 2016 begin, became uh front and center as we thought if you remember the first part of that year Jake Browning was as lights out he's he he was i think at some point was top 2 or 3 yeah. in the in the Heisman uh, yeah. kind of initial polls and then put he up just that 70
0: point burger with the point against against Oregon yeah 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 he 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 the, the Huskies were unstoppable and well, then hey let's stop right there for a second I mean we can't mention Jake Browning <laughs> right? without mentioning Jake Browning one of the best
1: Monday night football games of all time I mean in terms of performance yeah I mean the short list of I think what was the stat like 85% completion percentage over 300 yards. If you look at the list of other of other quarterbacks who have had that stat for a single game, it's a hall of fame list.
0: And you know who's yeah. on it now? Jake Browning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 3 300 plus yards, a rushing touchdown, passing touchdown, and overtime win on Monday night football. Uh, you know, that's I mean, you know, you know what I was thinking JJ? I was thinking those are Bo nicks numbers right there. <laughs> those are that efficiency. Yeah. Unbelievable. I didn't see a lot of checkdowns though. No che- How
1: about the 76 yarder to uh Jamar Chase? Jamar Chase. Well, I don't know if you saw his post-game interview, but I was pretty impressed. He said you know, he was asked about the game and he goes, "You know, I haven't played a lot of football recently, but I know how to win." I have a lot of experience winning games.
0: Wow. What a transition back to Friday night. I know how to win. That is one thing that these Huskies have learned to do over this 20 game winning streak. They've beaten nine ranked opponents. JJ, since the Huskies lost to Arizona State last October, the Huskies have beaten the Oregon Ducks Three times, once on their field, once on our field, and once on a neutral field.
1: What would I mean, you say? Uh, you said on the phone, we beat him there, we beat him here, we beat him everywhere. We beat him everywhere.
0: That's right. That's right. And and JJ, you know, I, I had to do a little research the other day, and I went to the, the dictionary. Did you know what the word "nix" means? It means Zero. Yeah, it's it's that image nothing. that Dan Lanning holds up in front of him every time a camera shows up. Zero, nada, nothing, and that's the number of wins that Bo Nix is going to walk away from his his Oregon Duck career against the Washington Huskies. How sweet it did is! You, did you see that that uh, meme
1: on Twitter, Warren? That that you know the the tagline or the the prompt was. You know, what two words does Dan Lanning use to describe <laughs> Kalen DeBoer?
0: <laughs> it was the Tom Brady interview? It, it was a
1: Tom Brady getting choked up and insane, my dad. Yeah. And uh, I've probably watched that five or six times. Um, and also I want to make sure that you saw that video of the Duck fan that, that freaked <laughs> out, uh, throwing down his hat, <laughs> yelling obscenities. And I actually thought at first, you know what? this is probably fake and then you watch it again and you're like no you can't fake that level of despair
0: right he's like he wished he'd gone to San Jose State (laughs) and become a veterinarian
1: (laughs) and and, yeah you you got to feel for the guy and it's fun on this side but man that I I do think it hits deeper for duck fans though Because I think I don't know, man.
0: I'll be honest. I'm
1: telling you, it hits deeper for Duck fans because for the last decade, you and I have not been chasing, as Husky fans, we have not been chasing a national championship the way that the the Ducks have. We came out of the doldrums 0 and 12 in 2008, just trying to get back to respectability. Yeah. And so we go through the years with Sark. We get up to those eight to nine wins. I think Sark capped out at nine wins. We can talk about Sark later because uh, he'll be a big part of our story coming up in, in oh, yeah. the next month. But then obviously an angel from on high s- swoops in and steals Sark to USC. And then then Chris Peterson shows up. And then we get back into to where we believe we can be. That's right. Um, but then honestly, you know, and obviously the, the dis, you know, the disappointment of the way that the Chris Peterson era ended, never fully feeling like we reached our potential, having some disappointing ends to the Browning years. We were like, how did we go from a playoff team to, you know, a 10 and four team or 10 and three, some, you know, some bad losses there. Uh, and then obviously Eason not ever becoming who we thought he could be as a, as a five star quarterback. Yeah. And then the Jimmy Lake era. Right. Um, And so we were chasing respectability and we were chasing supremacy over the ducks. Mm -hmm. That's what we were chasing. Yeah. Yeah. The the ducks have been chasing that natty. (laughs) Yeah. Which that word makes me cringe. Yeah. The one that we have. Yes. Yes. I've seen the trophy. It is there. Yes, And I believe our fellow, you know, our friend and Duck fan did acknowledge that they did play for a national championship and won the game last week. I don't know if that was noticed on the podcast. But I think the depth of longing, like I haven't as a Husky fan, obviously the crowning achievement as a Husky fan would be a national championship. Yeah. but But I don't think that we as Husky fans have been chasing that as much as the ducks have sure sure like that, it, it that's well, a fair and point they've been there twice yeah they've been there twice and they've been right on the doorstep and so that's what they're chasing like on a deep and, and think about it with phil knight and nike right and the whole state of oregon everything is about we're chasing that natty yeah like the recruiting classes the uh uh the money, the the marketing that Nike does on behalf of that university has all have been about getting to that mountaintop, and so
0: and once again they've fallen short. But you and know, once and again, I they fall I agree with that. I, I would say counterpoint though, as far as this game, I think you know we beat Oregon last year, and then we finished on top, eleven and two. Although we did not get to go to a Pac twelve championship. Right. game. This year, we run the table and we beat Oregon again at home, only to basically realize that if we lost to Oregon in this Pac 12 championship game, it was all for naught. You know, yeah. we're, we're not going to the college football playoffs and we don't have any bragging rights for winning earlier in the season. Right. So to me, like, I'll be honest, like, as The the host of the Dog and Duck Show realizing that if we lose that game on Friday night, I've got to live with that for at least eight months, if not the rest of my life. Uh, You know, to me, there was a lot on us as Husky fans to get that game and to finish three and zero against the Mm -hmm. Ducks in the Pac twelve. We finished five of the last eight against the Ducks. And so really, when you think about kind of the 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 story arc of the Huskies versus the Ducks in the Pac-12, we started out on top. We we owned them for decades and decades. Oh yeah. And then for about a 15-year window, they surged oh. far above us dominated us but now yep. at the very end we went toe to toe and came out on top right so and speaking of going toe to toe you sent me a meme the other day to, and it it sparked a lot of conversation in our mutual dog and duck thread text thread probably a lot of people have seen it but just summarize the meme
1: so the meme
0: basically, and this came
1: out of, um, you know, the the lead up to this, you know, Pac-12 championship game. And as, as the Huskies are just like going late round battles with, with Utah, with gosh, USC and Stanford and Arizona state. And then Oregon state, like it felt like, man, we are in the ring Mm -hmm. just taking a, Beating, fighting, scrappy, all that. And and Oregon is just destroying them, other yeah. other teams. You know, like they are up multiple touchdowns in the first half. The game's over within the first quarter. And so this imagery came to mind, and it was the iconic Rocky Volume Four movie. Mm-hmm with Rocky facing off against the Soviet Union hero, Drago. And so I just created this meme that has Rocky and Drago, you know, kind of glove to glove. And it has Washington, you know, the the Washington logo over Rocky and the Oregon logo over Drago. And I said, "This, this perfectly encapsulates this rivalry. On one side, you have this scrappy, resilient like determined high character um you know American, you know underdog story doesn't pass the eye test doesn't pass the eye test everyone's picking drago obviously we know that drago previously actually kills apollo creed (laughs) you know so he's the you know the he's just like he is evil incarnate and i don't say that about the ducks necessarily but uh you know it's funny you, you put this meme out I put this meme out there And Drago the the, the profile of Drago very well could be uh Bo Nix in terms of uh the way that they look and the way that their hair is
2: for sure uh,
1: with those blonde tips um but you have Drago highly skilled he is at uh, the state of the art equipment and methods in the in you know you you remember those those kind of side by side workout videos where drago's running on treadmills with all the the cords attached to them yeah. and they're measuring yeah. every every uh you know everything they can and, and <laughs> rocky's out in the desert like doing push-ups no, no, he's, on... he's, he's in
0: the snow he's running he's the in, the snow, in the right? snow right you know yeah. and he's so like lifting it was... rocks with wheelbarrows and stuff like that yeah
1: Yes. So, and, and what's the key to this? This uh, How does Rocky win? Is Rocky wins by lasting four or five rounds, right? Yeah. And keeps punching back. And Drago doesn't have that depth of character and the depth of resilience to handle when he gets punched in the mouth. Yeah. And so that's how I felt this game was going to go. That if the Huskies, and I talked about last week, and yeah. I didn't reference the meme, but if the Huskies can actually go pound for pound, punch for punch with the Ducks, the Ducks don't have the depth of resilience, the experience to to know how to handle that pressure. So um they were not, I mean, Drago's downfall was his inability to adapt and overcome when faced with a resilient opponent who won't give up.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Oh, so, so there you so go. So spot on so spot on and you know what's so funny jj is like you know uh (laughs) well you know one one funny thing is just to think about uh dan lanning's speech before the colorado game to say you know their their cinderella story is coming to an end and uh you know that that was definitely the end of their cinderella story but you know on top of that just the idea that um, that you know they put they put so much into beating this, and you could say, well, the Huskies beating the you know the Mighty Ducks, um, that was a miracle. That was a Cinderella type of a deal, you know, except for the fact that they've done it three times in a row. So. Yep. You know, don't give me this if they played each other 10 times, the the Ducks would have beaten them 8 out of 10. No. They played each other 3 times and the Dogs beat them all 3 times. Well, and I think in the previous 2 games, I think the Ducks rightfully said
1: we just blew it down the stretch. We we every statistical, you know, most statistical you know, metrics would say the Ducks played a better game. And that was especially true in in Seattle, even though they talk about the husk that game is like oh yeah the huskies lucked out i'm like we had an 11 point lead in the second half at the end of the third quarter we we gave you back the game and and you just couldn't you know execute execute down the stretch and we pulled it out but this game thorough beat down absolutely Evra, we outgained them we outthrew them and and you know, think about um, Oregon's offense. No, at no point did Oregon's offense, they had like two or three really fluky plays and a really piss poor pass interference call that yeah. led to touchdowns. Um, I don't, I, I don't think they had one drive. Maybe it was the the drive towards the end of the uh, uh, well, no, the first drive of the second half where it's like they marched down the field, but also had a, uh, Two fourth downs and a l- couple long third downs. They just executed well. That was their best drive by far. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were never in rhythm. The Huskies' yeah. defense was it was their best game of the year, mm-hmm. and the Ducks had no. I mean, Bo Nix was uncomfortable the whole time, and they had no running game. I mean, yeah. you take out that that fluky fifty yard run by by Nix, and they had eighty something yards.
0: Yeah, and you you take when out was the last that... time that happened. Take out that fluky 60-yard touchdown at the end of the game, which yeah. how the heck that how, did that happen? But, I know. I'm still annoyed by that. But he had 240 yards, 236 yards passing uh, outside of that. So, you know, it was – Did he have over 300 yards passing? I believe he did, yeah. Okay. I believe that pass took him over the 300
1: mark. Don't you mean the you know the first team all pack 12 quarterback, Bo Nix – Ugh.
0: yeah yeah makes sense of
1: that it it's just i think pac-12 I, just feels bad for the ducks you know like give them give them their w we'll we'll take the college football playoff
0: i don't know if they feel bad for the ducks i think that they are jealous of the dogs and like and it. also i will say this like let's be honest most of the the pac-12 teams got destroyed by bo Nicks. Um, very true so very true you know like
1: if the coaches vote yeah
0: if the coaches were looking at and going okay well you know we lost by three touchdowns to to oregon we lost by six points to washington then that's probably how they came to that conclusion but you would think that they would do just like the 10 second research to go well how did these guys do when they played head-to-head You know, and you don't have to research it. Everybody already knows. Let's just hope that.
1: Let's just hope that Dan Lanning voted for Michael Pence.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Mm -hmm. But well, hey, this episode is all about just two Husky homers celebrating, gloating, basking in the glory of uh, being a Husky, being thirteen and zero. Headed to the college football playoffs to play against the Texas Longhorns and our former coach Steve Sarkeesian. We're on a 20-game winning streak. We are the infinite Pac-12 champions. No one will ever be able to take that away from us. And uh we will we will definitely have future episodes where we dive in deeper to uh you know statistics, pregame, post-game, all that kind of stuff. But J.J., as we wrap this up, just talk about what it means for you to be a dog right now uh, in this moment of history.
1: At this moment in history, Warren, I reflect back to the early 2010s. And so much of our identity as husky fans the last decade or so has been in comparison to the ducks, mm. right? Yeah. the ducks were the big, bad boys, you know, big boys on the block, and obviously hated rival, and they had all of the leverage. They had every bragging right. We had lost twelve in a row.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We had nothing to say. We had nothing to offer. And I remember sitting in those, you know, either after a game and just going, when will this ever change? You know, and they're going to BCS championships. They're going to the net, you know, to the college football playoff, at least those early 2010s. And it's like, when, yeah, when will this change? And as a fan, you just can never, uh, give up hope. And to say, uh, to feel a level of despair and hope, or a lack of hope, um, especially after the Jimmy Lake, yeah, year, I just can't help but feel incredibly grateful that we're here. Like absolutely, almost like on a spiritual, deeply emotional level. I know I don't want to over, you know, but it feels. Like just depth of gratitude um, for <laughs> what we've been able to experience the last year when we had no clue that we, we could get to these heights again. And yeah. so uh, we're back. It's so fun. A coach like the Boer, where we know a man of character does it the right way. Not showy. There's depth. Yeah. The future is bright so
0: absolutely I yeah I agree and I think you're you're so right like the, there's never going to be a lower low than the 0 and 12 only right. Pac-12 team to ever go 0 and 12 is the Washington Huskies Uh, but the only Pac-12 team to go 13 and 0 and yep. win their their championship is the Washington Huskies so the the lowest of lows and the highest of highs and you know, I think about, uh, you know, that losing that game to Montana because, you know, we had already started the dog and duck show at that point, And I went into that season with hopes. Pretty sky high. You know, I mean, I was predicting a, a 10 and two 11 and one type season that year and it all went to pot, but man, JJ I know you you were you're a little younger than me uh and you lived through more of the the painful years when I was on the east coast during the the early 2000s but for me this also just rekindles so many of the feelings and the emotions of those early 90s years and just You know, I love listening to the Husky Honks. I love listening to Greg Lewis (laughs) and Mario Bailey and reliving all of those moments. And to me, it's just such a cool thing to think that like 30 years from now, kids right now are going to be sitting around like you and I talking about this team, talking about this run and two more games. If we can win two more games this will be the greatest season in the history oh, yeah. of the University of Washington. Yep, Arguably, the greatest championship run in the history of the Pac-12. I mean, yeah. I'd have to go back and look. Maybe around. outside USC. I'm not USC. saying the most dominant, Yeah, but no team in the Pac-12 has ever gone 15-0 and 0 right. to win a national championship.
1: Yeah. No. And it's all there for us. Let's go. And I want to reference, uh, you know, Warren, we, I got to watch the game with my 13 year old son mm. and, and, uh, and so the whole game we're, we're nervous together. We're high fiving during big plays. We we're, we're huge hugs and jumping around the living room when it, when it was all said and done. And my son, you know wants to go to school on the following monday and he's like dad he he grown out of his husky sweatshirt so on this weekend we're going shopping for a husky sweatshirt and he wants to wear that to school
0: that's awesome you know
1: and then and you son, live in coo country and you know, we live in coo it's hard to find husky sweatshirts here
0: yeah
1: um but we we found them off brand really but uh <laughs> But I remember you told me that your 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 18-year-old son texted you after the game. So this yeah. this
0: generational experience is real. That's right. He was working, but he was in a job situation where he could watch the game while he was at work. So he's texting me all through the game. When the game is over, he calls me and he says, Dad, it's a miracle. It's a miracle. <laughs> he says, I told you. Dylan Johnson is the MVP. I knew he was going to be the MVP. <laughs> exactly. And it was just a, a sweet moment. It was a sweet, sweet moment. I I don't think I mean there's sometimes that I I look at
1: sports in general and I feel bad by how much I'm into it. <laughs> yeah. You know, um like it is just a game, but it yeah. is deeper than a game when you start talking about um the way this this creates this sense of community, this sense of like this is our team. Yeah. We're rooting for our city. You know, I grew up in the Seattle area. And it's like these I've been following the Huskies since I was my first memory as sports warren mm-hmm. was watching the Rose Bowl in, in ninety well, it would have been ninety two, January first, two 1992. That's my
0: first sports memory. I was at that game. And I was wearing a hat that had like the husky head on it, like the fur head. Yeah, I was at that
1: game. Let's find that hat. Um, so it's just a beautiful thing. I mean, I'm talking to my dad post-game, pre-game. We're making plans to figure out if we can go to the, you know, the national championship game. Should they make it? And it's like it's this beautiful generational experience where this is our team and we've been waiting for this moment. And uh, when we went to the playoff in 2016, we knew we weren't going to win this game. Yeah. You know, like it would have been a miracle of miracles to beat the Alabama team, the Jalen Hurts led Alabama team, and the Deshaun Watson led Clemson Tigers. No doubt. And sure enough, that played out. But this year, we're entering this top four, and there's no reason why we can't win it at all. Will we be favored in either game? Probably not. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter who's gonna? we got yeah we have we have that secret sauce and, and, and I'll say this last and I know we got to wrap up but I don't know if you watched the the Josh Pate show
0: no, i you but follow I've Josh seen some pate. clips yeah
1: so Josh Pate he's a youtube you know college football analyst and he has this esteemed pate model and yeah. he's he's an arrogant it's just a weird kind of pretentious guy but yeah. He uh he's been a duck homer. And I think he just knew Dan Lanning. He's from the South. He knew Dan from uh from the uh you know Georgia days. And he just was convinced even when the Ducks lost to the Huskies, he ranked the Huskies way below the Ducks. Yeah. He had the Ducks all the way up to number 2 in his poll. And he actually said and it's worth going back, he acknowledged that there's something about these Huskies that defy the model that yeah. somewhere there's a secret magic below or alongside this team that makes no sense. When you, when you compare the defense and the, you know, like they should lose with 120th ranked secondary or, or scoring defense, mm-hmm. One of the more penalized teams in the North in the in the college football, and he said every year there's a what, what do you say every year there's a team that serves as a scratch on my lens, hmm. and that team this year is the Washington Huskies, and I can't explain them, but they just win. They have it. They just have it. They
0: have and it. winning's a skill. Winning's a skill. That's right. So, That's right. Anyway, it's well, worth a
1: watch. He he owns. He got it wrong with Washington.
0: Brother, it is so sweet to uh to be in this moment, but as our favorite coach likes to say, job's not done. So let's job's keep it done. going. Thank you for joining me, JJ. Thank Happy you to, to all of our dog listeners. Enjoy this, you know. Don't stop popping the corks and smoking the cigars. Uh celebrate it and Stick your chest out, lift your chin, put a little pep in your step because uh, you are the infinite Pac-12 champions. Let's go, dogs! Yes, we are. Go, dogs! Thanks, Warren. Thanks, JJ.
2: Husky Nation, it's the end of the third quarter. Are you looking for the perfect tequila for your next get together? The answer is Born from a Hero, Hero de Leon, direct from the prestigious Murguia family, just outside Guadalajara honoring their great-grandfather who saved Mexico from a horrible civil war. It's authentic, courageous, with great integrity, just like the general. Enjoy the smoothest Blanco tequila you've ever tasted, or the rich flavor of our Reposado, aged for seven months in American bourbon barrels. Or the ultimate tequila, our Añejo, which is aged for 18 months in the same bourbon oak barrels. Go to your favorite liquor retailer or restaurant and ask for Hero de León because it's always the end of the third quarter. Imported by Zombie Beverages, Mercer Island, Washington.
0: Hello, and welcome back to a very special edition of the Dog and Duck Show. The Huskies are 13-0. and 0. They are the infinite Pac-12 champions, and I know what you're thinking. I can't wait to hear what Warren and Mark have to say about this game, but... That's not going to happen today. Today, we've got a special guest with us, Mike Martin from realdog.com. Mark, unfortunately, is down and out with sickness, so we will save our reaction and discussion time for that for a later date. But, Mike, there has never been a better time to be a Washington Husky. How are you doing, my friend? well there has been a
2: better time um but <laughs> just just in my lifetime uh you know with, with the 91 team but if in the last 35 years no there's there, there's not been a better time um and it's too bad that Mark can't be here because I know that Mike Michael Pnox when he had the flu he showed up and played a football game um, oh. Uh, so I really don't know how he could uh, be any worse for the wearer than a quarterback out there throwing the ball around, but Hey, that's how Huskies roll.
0: That's right. That's right. We're, we're, this is dog weather and we're used to it. And let's talk about this because, you know, the, the gold standard is and will always be 1991, the Washington Huskies, Steve Epman, Dave Hoffman, uh, you know, Billy Joe Hobart, Mario Bailey, Lincoln Kennedy, all of those absolute studs that dominated and finished with 12 and 0. But this year's team has already done something that that 91 team was not able to do, not because they couldn't, but this dog team finished 13 and 0. They beat the top five Oregon ducks twice in the same year. This team is on a 20 game win streak. And during those 20 games, they've beaten nine ranked teams and now they are on their way to the college football playoffs. The only team in the PAC 12 to reach the college football playoffs twice in the C in the CFP era. And they are on their way to new Orleans in the sugar bowl on January 1st to face the Texas longhorns, a rematch from last year. Uh, So Mike we can talk about that in just a minute but we have got to talk about the Huskies 34-31 win over the Oregon Ducks uh on uh Friday night and so i just need to know did you see that game unfolding the way that it did and what were your your takeaways from Friday night's game as the 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 dogs took care of business Overcoming nine point five point underdog status to to become the first thirteen and zero Pac twelve champion in the history of the of the conference.
2: Well, first of all, back on September eighth, I found round trip tickets to uh, Las Vegas for uh, for December first for forty seven dollars. You dog. and. And I am telling you, I was celebrating. Uh, unfortunately, I celebrated like a uh, a Washington linebacker on a pick six, oh, named no. Alfonso Tuputala, because I was celebrating and I forgot to hit the place order button. And I never. My wife was looking at you, she's like, I don't have anything from the airlines. I was like, Yeah. I, it was on September 8th. And she said, no, the charge never came through. Oh, and no. apparently I forgot to order the tickets. So I, uh, I watched little, uh, yeah. From afar.
0: That's a bummer. That's no. a bummer but, but you absolutely. had to have been happy with the way that the Huskies came out of the gate on Friday night. It was really hard to, uh, curb
2: my enthusiasm uh, and not get too excited because when they were up 20 to three, I think it was, I was like, man, this is, and I was like, Nope, you know what? I'm not going to, I'm not going to get into the end zone uh, without the ball this time. So, yeah. so I, um, I just kind of played it cool, tried to, you know, not get, get the, the horse in front of, or the cart in front of the horse yeah. and just just enjoy the game for what it was rather than going and booking uh some flights to uh Pasadena so um you know it was it was I did I see it unfolding that way I knew it was gonna be a tight game um I also thought that having Jalen Mcmillan back yeah. having the offensive line back to where they were not they didn't have their their uh First uh first team offensive line intact in that first game either. They didn't have Jalen McMillan. Um you know, so what mm-hmm. Washington was able to to do with these guys, Oregon, everyone was you know saying Oregon passes the eye test. Well, they didn't pass the smell test, though. No. Um, you know, it was it was Washington that that they were the ones that we thought we we're going to smell the roses, but they're going to taste the sugar, I guess. That's
0: um, right.
2: But it was it was a it was a game that I really felt like Washington's offense was going to be better than that great Texas or, uh, Oregon defense. Just like everybody, you know, thought that Washington's defense would get boat raced. Um, and they they did great against uh oregon as well so um you know it's it was it was what i hoped it would be yeah Uh, did i see dylan johnson doing that um i i kind of did i Mm -hmm. i thought that that dylan johnson would be a better running the better running back that day i didn't think that It would be Washington that ran the the damn ball in Oregon that couldn't though. Right, that I really didn't see.
0: Um, Absolutely, and you know it's funny because uh, there's there's kind of a saying that hey, two things can be true at the same time. And last week's episode, we were talking about this very thing. Like we were talking about what's going to happen in this game. Number one. Will the Huskies and Ducks be what they have been for the last seven weeks since they played each other in that epic showdown on October 14th? And then the other question was, are the dogs due for a game where they put it all together? And are the Ducks due for a clunker? And I think we saw both of those things in the first half. The dogs put it together. They they were boat racing the ducks they were playing their best ball they get up 20 to three they force two three and outs to start the game for the 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 ducks dynamic offense and then in the second half things got tight and the question was would the dogs be able to pull out another close game like they have all year long particularly the last seven weeks And they did it once again. And they found a new way to do it. That's been one of the fun things about this is that the Huskies have done it in different ways. This time they did it with Dylan Johnson running the ball three times starting on first and 20 when every single person in the stadium and the millions of people watching online all knew the ball was going to Dylan Johnson. And he still ran for like 35 yards in those three downs, sealing the victory for the Huskies and leaving poor Mr. Nicks on the sideline with his towel over his head, uh, crying his way to the end of his Pac-12 career. Well, and here's you
2: talk about winning different ways. Against Washington State, Washington State had a 15-minute advantage in the time of possession. Yeah. And and the Huskies won by three. Against Oregon, Washington had a 15-minute time of possession advantage, and they won by three. That is a 30-minute difference in, in the defense being out there. Okay, yeah. the the way that this staff is able to modify game plans to where they can uh, they can they can score with USC, they can punch their way out mm-hmm. uh, against uh, against uh, uh, Oregon, they can go out and. You know, kick last second field goal in the Apple Cup. It's just the way that they do these. They've lost the turnover battle twice and won. Mm-hmm. They have uh, been outgained a couple of times and won. They've lost the time of possession battle and they have won. All of these things that that they say are, you know, you can't lose this and win and and expect to win. Yeah. And yet, this these guys seem to find out because. And I hate to, you know, do corny old uh, uh, dad joke that that uh, NF one uh, talked about, but winners win because that's what winners do. That's right. And that's that's what they do. They're thirteen and zero. They've won twenty straight, and um, and it's like they lost two uh, games last year uh, by seven points, and it's like at that point is was sort of when things completely changed where yeah. they where where they just were like you know what we, we got to get back and they, you know the, it's it's just been amazing to to watch how n- whatever is thrown at them if they need to 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 fight in a phone booth if it's going to be a street fight if it's going to be a shootout it doesn't matter to washington
0: absolutely And, I mean, after the Huskies lost against Arizona State last season, they have now beaten the number three team in the country in Texas. They've beaten Oregon three times. They beat number 14, Arizona. And they've beaten Oregon State, who's currently number 19, twice over that last span. And here we are again, like I said on the precipice of the college football playoffs and Mike, you know uh, there is a very small number of programs that have had multiple playoff appearances uh, since the birth of the the college football playoffs. Obviously we know these names, Alabama, Ohio state, Georgia, Clemson, Oklahoma, Michigan, Notre Dame, And Washington. And, you know, we all know here in the Pacific Northwest that that uh, Washington is a quality, high level uh, college football program. But is it time for the Washington Huskies to be categorized as an upper level blue blood program again in college football? I think that's
2: for the fans. I think for the, the team, I, I think they don't care. Um, it doesn't, it, being classified as the blue blood or not, it's not something I've ever really, um, yeah. Okay. I'd like it on a national level to be respected, but I don't think that it matters to the team. They're going to go out and be who they are. Um, you, you know, to, to, You mentioned Washington has beaten Oregon three times. They have uh, beaten Oregon two times this season. Um, You know, maybe that being blue blood would help them get a uh, PAC 12 player of the the year, uh, offensive player of the year, instead of a guy that cries into a towel over his head. (laughs) while the other teams uh, ramming the ball down their throat, going 82 yards on one drive, 75 on another, and then sitting on the ball, keeping it away uh, there at the end, three straight drives where Washington does exactly what they have to do to win the game. Um, That's what I think this team is, is more about. Oregon says that they're all about team awards. They don't have any. Washington does. Um, you know, so, um, let them have the individual awards, I guess, um, playing, uh, in the final four rather than Liberty at 10 AM, I guess is, is better. I don't know how you feel about that.
0: Well, I, I think Oregon playing number 23 Liberty is just the ultimate, uh, you know, injury to insult or insult to injury. Uh, The the Ducks came out wounded and then finding out that they're going to play the number 23 ranked Liberty Flames is just hilarious, I think, for most Husky fans. But Mike, you know, before we move on, uh, you know, because like I said, I think there's definitely an argument to be made for this Husky program to be seen nationally as a blue blood program. One other historical footnote. 1916, Gil Doby led the University of Washington to win the uh, the PCC, uh, the Pacific Coast Conference, with a 6-0-1 record. A hundred and something years later, Kalen DeBoer leads the University of Washington to a 13-0 record to win the Pac-12, bookending this conference as we know it with Washington wins on either side. Um the Huskies on their on their uh Twitter page, I believe it says infinite Pac-12 champions. Uh this this is something that maybe the players don't care about this too much, but us fans absolutely do. And that is for the rest of our lives. We're going to be able to say that we are the final Pac 12 champions. And so, you know, reigning, reigning Pac-12 champions in perpetuity. In perpetuity. Now, Mike, January 1st is our next game. But as Kalen DeBoer has said multiple times, the job is not done. And certainly DeBoer and his staff are in full work mode right now. Give us a little bit of a, a taste, an update of what's going on right now as the the Husky coaching staff and Courtney Morgan and crew attack both recruiting on the high school level and what they're trying to do on the in the transfer portal just give us kind of a a, a 30,000 foot view of what they're looking to try to accomplish over these next you know couple weeks
2: um well I think that that right now they they've done a lot of The uh, and this is what is so good about having uh, what was a director of player personnel, Courtney Morgan. That was his previous title. He was able to concentrate on the roster. And I think that he's done his due diligence about um, uh, about the guys that they they knew were going into the portal. The guys that were grad transfers that could that that basically put their name into the portal at the end of the season. Um, the undergraduate portal, uh, I you know I'm I'm sure that players reached out to them and and were saying, hey, I, I plan on putting because you're you're hearing about it all, uh, you know, some through the end of the season. So I think that they have done a good job of managing that while the team is able to focus on winning. And I think Courtney Morgan has probably sorted through a lot of the the names. That um that they were really able to target or they're going to target, prioritize guys, and what where they have to really kind of figure things out, where it you know, they know some of the guys they're, they're gonna be leaving, like Dom Hampton, he's gone. Um Trice has said he's gone, Zion is out of uh, uh of eligibility. Mm-hmm. So a lot of those guys they know what's going on. The ones that that like Jalen McMillan. Does he stay or does he go? Roger Rosengarten. It's yeah. gonna be dependent upon uh, how their NFL draft card comes back. Are they um, can they increase their draft stock with another year of uh, under Deboer? Can can they do that? Can they um, you know can what can they do or how can they project? So that's gonna really determine how they prioritize guys that um that they're going to be going after now I I feel really good about Washington landing landing um and I'm trying to think of his name right now the Will Rogers yeah uh, out of uh, Mississippi State I feel good about that Tobias Merriweather feel good about that so I think that they're doing their evaluation of guys that they can bring in but they're gonna have to pick the litter especially yeah. when it comes to receivers, Dom, uh, not Dom, that's his dad, but, um, uh, Tobias Merriweather, uh, he's, he's a great kid. Uh, but I think that they're going to be looking for somebody that has played a lot of snaps mm. that has been around the game that will benefit from a scheme that really focuses on, uh, on passing. And yeah. I think that, that, that is where, they're going to be doing a lot of uh, a lot of things. We could see Dylan Johnson come back. Uh, yeah, I, I felt like you know this was going to be a, a big year. You know, he's shown against USC. Obviously, you know, two. There haven't been many guys that have run for two hundred fifty yards. Forget that it's the USC defense. That's right. a rare feat. It okay? is yeah so you can see that one hundred fifty six yards against that amazing Oregon defensive front, um, I said in quotes, yeah, <laughs> um, you know, so Dylan Johnson does he come back, and you know that's that's gonna be depending on how the huskies move on things,
0: so yeah. and you know and, I mean you, you're talking about like getting those guys back and last year. There was there was definitely a sense from those upper tier guys that they they did a lot, but they did not achieve what they set out to do. And Michael Penix really got the party started when he made the announcement at the Team Awards Banquet that he was coming back. And boy, that really just lit the fire, and we saw Rome come back, Jalen come back, Trice come back, Thule come back, Zion. You know the the list just went on and on and on. I'm curious, like what's what's going to be that narrative, that storyline that that Grub and Deboer and Inge and Morel are going to try to pull on to get these guys to come back because you know they they're 13 and 0 they're the Pac-12 champions. They're on their way to the college football playoffs. So uh, aside from, you know, not winning the national championship this year, um, you know, there's really not a whole lot to bring them back other than, like you said, the opportunity to improve their personal draft stock or to improve their game. Um, But before we get, we go too far down that road, um, I wanted to get your thoughts because, you know, this is also the time of year when um, the the awards start to come out. Of course, we know Michael Penix uh, is a finalist and will be headed to New York City uh, to find out whether or not he's won the Heisman. Rome is a finalist for the Bolitnikov. Uh, but the All-Pac 12 Awards came out today. No surprise, Coach DeBoer wins Coach of the Year for the second year in a row. Uh, But then, from there on out, it gets a little bit surprising and dicey. Bo Nix, Offensive Player of the Year. Leatu Latu, the former Husky, Defensive Player of the Year. And then, boy, oh boy, Bo Nix, first-string quarterback, Michael Penix, second-string. Mike, what is your reaction to... What you saw come out of the first and second team all you know all Pac-12 uh, awards this year.
2: Forget the color of the jersey for right now. I want you to think fourth and sixth game on the line. Do you want Michael Penix or do you want Bo Nix? Give me uh, Michael as, Penix. As,
0: give me Michael Penix on October the fourteenth and on. Uh, December the 1st I think those guys that guy is the guy that I want every single day of the week and twice on Saturdays
2: so my my thought is you know to to see how they would vote the guy that got beaten twice by the second teamer that you know that tells me that these coaches deserve to go to the ACC. Yeah. They deserve to go to the Big Twelve. They deserve to be the Pack Two. Yeah. If, if they can't figure out the guy that that uh, that is knows how to win, the guy that is standing in the middle of a hundred teammates at the start of the fourth quarter, imploring his guys to go out there and give it all, leave nothing to chance. And where your your um your your core the other quarterback is over there with a towel under uh, on his head. He's not out there on the sideline cheering his guys on. It's just it's just stupid yeah. that, that they would do that. Like you, know, you he's, said
0: he's- Michael Penix threw for over three hundred yards in both the Oregon games and through the go-ahead touchdown that sealed the game in both games what else can this young man do <laughs> what can't he do uh, the, the, the only thing that he
2: didn't do was sell programs out in front of husky stadium yeah. He did everything
0: yeah absolutely absolutely so i think everybody in husky nation uh, knows that this was the the snub of all snubs um but was there I mean, anything else was there anything about else about this this pack 12 uh all you know first and second team honorables that stood out to you well
2: you know the the team that is playing liberty um at 10 a.m on saturday that's Your Pac 12 player of the year, offensive player of the year. You know, the the one thing that that, um, Edipon Yulo Fashio posted a little while ago was congratulating his former teammate, Leotu Latu, uh, about winning the defensive player of the year. And, you know, that really is a great story. Those are former teammates. And it shows that that when you take off the color of the jersey and you look at the person, uh, that is greater. To these Washington players than anything else,
0: yeah,
2: and just a ton of respect uh, handed out to uh, Edifone for for that. Um, but you know Braylon Trice, you know he he did a lot of good stuff. Um, I I I don't have the whole thing memorized, sure, but you know, and probably because I spent so much time. Um, you know, trying to monitor my blood pressure while I wrote uh my story about yeah uh, how how they got it wrong. Well how the, about
0: how about this, Mike? Troy Fautanu, first team, Roger agree. Rosengarten, honorable mention. And
2: this is a tackle heavy class. Um, but when you put Roger against uh those uh, the the Oregon uh edge rusher that was leading the conference in uh sacks, or you put was the that Utah, doorless? Yeah, you and then you put the Utah guy in there and um, yeah. and he shuts them down. He does the same thing, he gave up, I think, one QB pressure in 45 snaps uh in the Pac 12 championship game. The guy has been money all season long, yeah. Um you know, it's I know there's there are a lot of great tackles out there. He didn't get uh, bent over backwards like what Braylon Trice did to Josh Connerly in uh, right. in, in that game. Uh, you know, so Roger has been the blindside protector and to to give up so few sacks and to be able to produce the number one uh, running back in the conference. Um i mean <laughs> um i I guess maybe i I don't know how how to really rate those things i guess i I look on how they actually perform
0: yeah and i I would say to me the other the other you know great snub or miss is not even having Jalen Polk as an honorable mention as a wide receiver i mean I mean, did, did he catch for a thousand yards? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, again, Jalen Polk had some of the biggest catches in the entire season for the Huskies and for the Pac 12. To not be an all Pac 12 selection, it just feels like, Mike, and, I, you know, maybe I'm biased. In fact, I know I am, but. It just feels like, as the Huskies are going out on top, that there were a lot of you know jealous and uh, you know just really petty voters that said, you know what, we don't want Washington to get all the accolades, so we're gonna we're gonna throw a few of these guys under the bus, and that is just. It's wrong. It's unfair to those kids who work so hard, who came back, who made the sacrifices. And, uh, you know, to me, it just reminds me of when the Pac-10 screwed over Coach Don James after the the Billy Joe Hobart scandal. And, uh, you know, I just think that the one thing that this conference has always feared is a dominant University of Washington. And that's what's happening and they're doing everything they can, even on the way out, to keep that from being the the story.
2: The the L A. Powers, you are you are right on on that one. Um, the other ones, you know, have have fun in the A C C. Have fun in the Bay Twelve. Have fun with the pac Two. Whatever you want, um, you know, let's let's go for team awards of uh, a national championship. That's the only thing I can say.
0: That's right. Well, hey, Mike, I promised you we'd keep this one short. So uh, any final thoughts and give us an update on what's happening at realdog.com and and how our listeners can can follow and can uh, get all of the latest information, all of the latest Husky news, the insider nuggets that you are always, I mean, you are like the hound dog of Huskies um you're sniffing down everything and you call it before anybody else even has a whiff of what's going on so give us give us a your final thoughts and anything you want to share about real dog before we go
2: well in in the last year we have broken far more stories than anybody else um and sometimes i have i've sat on several stories um but uh you know we're, we're having a lot of fun uh, we have some some new writers that have come on board to help with the coverage we're going to be doing a whole lot uh, more in recruiting and transfer portal in, over the next uh two and a half months it's really gonna hit high gear uh, right after uh, whenever the season ends uh, right now the what's going on is is a lot of Jockeying for a position on and a lot of on a lot of things positioning themselves for uh, for certain guys. Um, uh, I'm expecting at least uh, three players now to be leaving Washington. i I'm gonna be doing a story on that here shortly. Um, so we're we're gonna have uh, some exclusives on that. I'm in Texas uh, for Christmas right now. We do an early Christmas with our son down here. Um, so I haven't been able to do as much as I want in those things, but um, have a, uh, several stories coming up uh, about the transfer portal. Uh, but, you know, realdog.com as always, and it's spelled D-A-W-G. Um, and uh, you can follow me at Howlin not howling howlin husky on twitter
0: all right thank you mike guys if you love the dog and duck show you've got to get in on realdog.com uh nobody does it better than mike he lives breathes bleeds purple and husky football and uh this is his his passion and he does an excellent job. So definitely go to realdog.com, get yourself a membership and uh, make the most of being on top of the world because the Huskies have the longest winning streak in college football. Can you get out there and yell it from the rooftops? Because this is big time news. So guys, thank you for being a part of the dog and duck show. Uh, Mark and I will be back as soon as he recovers. Don't worry. We will have plenty of time to unpack what it means to be a dog and a duck moving forward into the future. But uh, for Mike Martin and all my dog fans out there, go dogs. Go dogs.